What you are about to hear are accounts of real pro wrestling events. Some names, mostly ours, have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome to Snap Judgments. Welcome to Snap Judgments AEW Edition. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I am going to go over the events of AEW for this week. This is the fallout week from AEW Double or Nothing. Um, To be perfectly honest, I'm probably going to power through uh, the dark recording because really nothing of note happened on it. And as has been the case on a lot of the previous ones, it was a very long episode, uh, but not really much happened on it. So I'm going to I'm going to recap it, but I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. I'm going to spend a lot more time on Dynamite itself. Uh, Before I get into that, though, I would like to remind everyone that uh, Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So you can head over to tatnusco.com, find links to all of the Tatnus Co. Network shows, and give them a listen. There's a bunch of great stuff on there. And then you come back here and listen to more stuff from us. So to get right into it, like I said, AEW Dark, I think they had 10 matches. Uh, It was another double dark. So um, the big news, it started off uh, in the fallout of double or nothing with the debut of brian cage i did wonder how that was going to affect taz being on aw dark's commentary and they started off with the voiceover of taz it was pretty obvious to me it was recorded after the fact that they didn't pre-record it because they didn't want the surprise to get out sort of a thing it didn't quite match the audio of the rest of the episode but that's beside the point taz mentioning that he's not going to be discussing his relationship with brian cage um, you'll have to turn it, tune in to Dynamite to hear all about that and see what's up with that. Um, so we start off, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall uh, defeated Alex Reynolds and John Silver, two of the members of the Dark Order, two of the minions, I should say. This really was just a, I'm trying to think of what the best word for it, just an excuse uh, to start a Ali and QT Marshall program or something. I wasn't surprised to see it. If you follow either of them on Twitter, they started having kind of a back and forth. Ali posted some pictures of her dressed in a red dress. QT Marshall fell for the thirst trap and started commenting on it back and forth. And when I first saw that, I was like, this, this has got to be a work because, I mean, we all know that uh, Ali is in real life married to Blade from Butcher and Blade. I they they always say him in the same word, and I'm trying to remember which one. Anyways, so during this, Ali came down eating an apple. This distracted QT Marshall. Uh, the Dark Order members tried to take advantage of it, but in the end, Dustin hit a destroyer on Alex Reynolds, and then Marshall tagged in and hit Diamond Cutter on Reynolds for the win. So. We had Brandon Cutler come out uh, to have a match against Michael Naka 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 Nakazawa. Uh, and it was kind of one of those where it was like, is Brandon Cutler finally going to get his first win? No, no, he doesn't get his first They really didn't at all. In fact, he looked like he might get his first win and then he uh, ended up getting counted out. So it was dumb. 
Um, I get it. It's officially the first countout in AEW. So, you know, it's one of those things where I guess it's a big deal, but it, I don't know. I, I really think they need to start a payoff to this whole Brandon Cutler can't win. And, you know, there's a little bit of a hint to the payoff in the next and then on Dynamite. Um, so, but it's still, I, I think they need to work faster to get to that for this. I'm all for slow burning, um, but this one feels like it's burnt down to the nubs. So, uh, immediately after Peter Avalon comes out, uh, taunting Cutler, Cutler said Avalon is afraid that he's, uh, going to get the win before Avalon. Avalon says, though, I'm going to win right now. And then he has a match against Jungle Boy, which goes exactly how you would expect. Jungle Boy defeated Peter Avalon. So they're continuing that, and it does continue on Dynamite. Uh, Christopher Daniels defeated Serpentico. Serpentico was on last week's show. He's got a snake gimmick. Uh, he's he's actually a pretty good wrestler. So this was one of the few matches on Dark that I could have seen going either way. Uh, but Christopher Daniels uh, got the win in the end on that one. Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela going against two enhancement talents, John Schuyler and Brady Pierce. We know where this is going. Uh, Joey Janela tagged in, hit a top rope elbow drop on Schuyler for the win. Uh, Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian then came out and beat up on Tony Donati and Fabu Andre. Fabu had kind of an interesting look and, and entrance, so... You know, maybe we'll see more of them sometime in the future, but this really was a setup match to make Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian look bigger, uh, especially in the events coming up on Dynamite. So uh, Wardlow came out and beat up on a guy named Jim Grimm. Excuse me. Uh, Grimm was a big guy. This was a, a little bit more of a match for Wardlow, but in the end, it was a knockout finish. Uh, Grimm... Uh, took the knee strike and was called a knockout afterwards Wardlow hit the F10 which is his uh spinning uh F5 sort of variant where he takes them up and instead of just dropping them down like Brock Lesnar he throws them and then in the air it's really an impressive move so uh Colt Cabana came out and uh had a match against Lee Johnson Lee Johnson is one of those enhancement talents that they brought in during during the shutdown and uh uh, he is living up to the enhancement talent name. He is zero and eight in all of his matches. He took a squash match to Colt Cabana. So uh, coming back out, Penelope Ford went against Kylan King. Uh, this is the first time we've seen Kylan King. She actually it looked okay, but in the end, this was really designed to build up. And, you know, I'm fine with that. Penelope Ford needs a little bit more stressing in the division to kind of uh to grow so she's uh, an important part in the future especially with Britt baker being gone i think we'll see a lot more penelope ford for a time being i would love to see b Priestley back i would love to see some of the other uh sadie gibbs some of those other ones uh but right now if penelope ford's all we got penelope ford's all we're gonna get so we need to to build her up as we can and then in the main event, we had the best friends, Trent and Chuck Taylor, with Orange Cassidy in their corner, versus Alan Angels and Sean Dean. Uh, Alan Angels continues to be impressive to me, even though he is always on the losing. He manages to look like maybe he could just squeak it out. Maybe he could be the Appalachian State 
to the best friends Michigan. He wasn't, but maybe he, he could be. So that's really the event of AEW Dark. It was a decent show, about an hour and a half long, if I'm remembering correctly, um, but really not much of it of note. Um, and that's the, the tough thing with these AEW Darks just in general. I mean, dark matches are dark matches for a reason. They're usually just about trying out stuff that may or may not ever make it into the final product. And in this case, some of them definitely might not made it into a final product. Up next, we have AEW Dynamite, the fallout from Double or Nothing. Um, this is going to be a big show, you know, bringing to final close a lot of the storylines that ended at Double or Nothing and then starting some of the new stories out of it. Um, you know, it started off with them talking about the pep rally that was supposed to uh, happen later on in the show. You had the um, members of the inner circle uh, standing around outside, kind of waiting, dejected because of what happened earlier and um you know how, how they're they're lost and they really should have won it was really kind of cool because um they they mentioned that they had a uh, some shirts that were you know proclaiming them the winner which is a play on how the super bowl they always print up shirts for both the winning both the teams winning because they want to have a bunch of shirts ready and so in the end it showed they had an entire truckload of shirts that said the inner circle one and now they're discounting them for 50 percent off and if you go on uh the shop aew website you can buy those shirts now for 50 percent off and i think that's awesome it's such a great way to to really hit that going so yeah so they've got a bunch of those shirts that you can go and buy and i think that's um they had a whole truckload of them we then go to a little promo backstage of course you have that like all the entry stuff the dynamite light it up uh we go backstage and it's uh supposedly filmed earlier uh and it's broken matt hardy excited that he gets to team with the young bucks um and hangman page and kenny omega are there and they say whatever we're going back to our hotel so why were they there who knows but uh then broken matt hardy is all like i'm so excited to team and and the young bucks request maybe he goes back to an earlier persona so he leaves and he comes back and he's cold-blooded matt hardy and they're like no no we thought maybe even earlier so then he leaves and he comes back and he is og matt hardy and he purple um, and I think that's a really fun twist on the gimmick now that he can choose which version of Matt Hardy he is instead of just always being broken Matt Hardy, um, which leads into the match. Young Bucks and Matt Hardy versus Private Party and Joey Janela. Um, uh, like I said, OG Matt Hardy and the Young Bucks versus Private Party and Joey Janela. There's nothing not to love about that. Uh, Private Party actually came out. They had their blue. Um, I think this might have been the first time we saw their blue. Uh, they look. I like it a lot better than the purple. For some reason, the purple just kind of grates on. Um, in the end, uh, super kick. More bang for your buck. Uh, and the uh, Young Bucks win. But the storyline of this was at one point, Marquin uh, gets injured on his leg. And I'm trying to remember what it was. Anyways, it was something Matt Hardy did sells this injury for the rest of it. it's kayfabe it's entirely storyline um but matt hardy afterwards goes to apologize to him and help him to the back uh and after he's gone out of out of nowhere 
uh, not out, no, out of the crowd, Butcher and Blade come in and attack the Young Bucks. And it's really weird. It seems like they've totally abandoned the Butcher and Blade gimmick that they had before, playing into Allie even appearing on Dark the other day in a totally different, she's not in her black spandex with the bunny ears or whatever. Uh, she's in a bright red. It's it's very Adam and Eve sedu seductress sort of a, a feel to that. But Butcher and Blade are wearing white, entirely, you know. And they jump the Young Bucks in the ring and start beating them up. And then all of a sudden we hear this brum brum out. And the camera goes to outside and kind of in a, they learned from their mistake going into Double or Nothing. Instead of when, when Cody was out there and then the camera came and you saw he was just sitting there waiting for his cue. And then he kind of stepped on the gas and came in. In this one here, the camera comes out. And this truck, this old classic pickup truck, comes squealing around the corner and comes down the ramp and slams on its brakes. And two guys get out and come walking to the ring. And it is FTR finally making their appearance. FTR, of course, formerly known as The Revival, getting their name from the joke of Fuck the Revival. Uh, which they then turned to Fear the Revival and Free the Revival and, and everything. Now it apparently stands for Fuck the Rest, which is on their shirt, and I'm fine with that. Uh, we're, we can just call them FTR and be done with it. But so FTR comes in, walks down to the ring. Uh, there's a little bit of a standoff. The Butcher and Blade back off to give FTR room to attack the Young Bucks, and uh, FTR turns around and attacks Butcher and Blade. And hit them with the Shatter Machine, and then they're out. And then there's a face-off between them and Young Bucks and FTR Deuce out of the ring and leave. Really a great way to debut these guys. Put them immediately into a hot feud with potentially the Young Bucks. Definitely Butcher and Blade. They're going to have some fun matches there. So I think they're going to be used a lot better. This instantly takes what might have been the best tag team division in pro wrestling and puts it up there into definitely the best tag team division in pro wrestling. Going up next, you had John Moxley on the commentary team watching Brian Cage defeat Lee Johnson. And if you remember correctly, I said Lee Johnson was 0-8. Now he's 0-9. Uh, Cage just threw him around. Just threw him here, threw him there. And then hit him with what they call the drill claw, which to me really looks like a Steiner screwdriver. And that's one of the scariest looking moves in ever in the history of pro wrestling in my uh, Then Taz cuts a promo about how Cage will tear John Moxley's heart out at Fighter Fest. John Moxley doesn't look too afraid. But maybe he should be because Cage is very frightening. Next up, they have Britt Baker doing a promo. She um, came out in a wheelchair. Uh, talking about how horrible it was that those people injured her. It wasn't an accident. It was a conspiracy. She then uh, has them flip around the uh, corkboard behind her. Uh, by the way, she's accompanied by Reba, or as we know, the wrestler formerly known as Rebel. Anyways, um, but she flips it around and she's got, it's like like those, um, that meme uh, from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he's got the corkboard with all the string going around, pointing to things. And in the end, basically, she's saying that Chris Statlander, Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, um, all conspired with Aubrey Edwards to 
to get her injured. And I think that's really funny to bring the innocent ref into that. So, so it was actually, it was nice to see that they're at least still trying to use Britt Baker during this injury, that they're not going to just write her off TV for six weeks while she recovers. They're saying it's a broken fibula, I think. I don't know. Uh, backstage, you have Chris Jericho yelling at Alex Marvez about their pep rally and all this stuff. And Orange Cassidy just walks through behind him and Jericho just flips his shit at that. And it's really funny, like totally oblivious. Orange Cassidy just wanders through the frame, looks around and wanders off. And, and I think that's great. Yeah, have Hikaru Shida, the current new women's champion. Uh, come out and go up against Christy Janes. Christy Janes, I believe, appeared at least once before. Um, she's a Brazilian uh, wrestler. Um, she's actually pretty good. I hope they use her some more. She's got good personality and a good look to her. So I think they need to uh, invest a little bit more time in developing her as a character so that we she's not just a person who comes out. Anyways, it ended with Hikaru Shida getting the Falcon Arrow uh, to pin the women's champion. It was, of course, a non-title match, but women's champion continues to look strong. Uh, during the commercial break, we see a weird vignette about Hangman Page and Kenny Omega watching the show from their, quote, hotel room. Uh, but then Hangman Page notices that there's a camera up in the corner and you know comes over and climbs up on something to put his face right up next to it do you see what's going on what's this so it's going to be interesting they're obviously turning that into a story um but what uh we'll find out uh then we have cody rhodes coming out we they'd mentioned that he was going to come out and celebrate his win and he comes out and he cuts uh, a promo that's just another example of how he's one of the best in the business, maybe the best in the business at cutting these promos. And his whole promo is about um, how he was underrated and he wasn't he wasn't the first call from Tony when Tony wanted to start this up. He wasn't the second call. He wasn't even the third call. He was the and then he holds up the four fingers, a very subtle four horseman uh, jab there, maybe hint, I guess. But then he said that, you know, uh, what he's going to do is this TNT championship, because it's named after TNT, it will be defended every week on TNT. He said, that, you know, reason Tom Brady was his favorite uh, sports favorite quarterback was because he wasn't the first called. But he works off, works his ass off. He shows up at weekend and week out and he does the job. So officially announcing that there's going to be open challenges every week for the TNT championship. Of course, not really an open challenge next week because there is a battle royal coming up to get the number one contender for it. And that's going to be in just a little bit. But before that, we have Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc versus SCU. And I think this is kind of crazy because it, it's so weird. They're setting things up here where, you know, you had people at Double or Nothing who won a number one contendership for a battle against uh, the tag team champions at Fighter Fest or whatever. And then you have uh, Kip Sabian and Simi Jimmy Havoc out here pinning SCU um, through cheating, right? Um, but pinning them to become number one contenders for a match, I believe, next week. So it's kind of weird, but I don't know. 
we'll we'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I mean, at least they're doing doing these battles and, and going to be having these matches on TV. MJF delivers a promo saying he's undefeated in 2020. He shouldn't even have to win the Battle Royal to get a title shot, but with Wardlow's help, he'll do it anyway. Uh, he said if it comes down to when it comes down to just Wardlow and him, Wardlow will take the pin to give him the win. And Wardlow did not really look like that was his. Um, and there kind of is a face-off, a tease of a breakup of them. And then MJF does the whole, I'm just kidding with you, man, and everything, and turns around and walks off. But so we're definitely teasing that there might be a breakup between them. At Next up, we have the uh, number one contender for the TNT Championship Battle Royal. It had a, a whole bunch of people in it. So um, you have uh, Luther and Colt Cabana and uh, Peter uh, Avalon and Brandon Cutler and Sonny Kiss and uh, Christopher Daniels and uh, Billy Gunn, um, Luchasaurus, MJF, Wardlow, of course, Marco Stunt, Orange Cassidy and Jungle Boy. And um, I'm not going to go play by play through it. But, uh, so Luther's the first to get eliminated with a chokeslam by Luchasaurus. Sonny Kiss gets tossed out by Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana gets tossed out by, uh, Billy Gunn. Uh, Peter Cut- Peter Cut- Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler eliminate each other, but importantly, Peter Avalon's feet hit the ground first, so he lost first, which is playing into this storyline now, I guess. Uh, Christopher Daniels uh, gets taken out with a Hurricane Rana by Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt gets Gorilla pressed out by Wardlow. Billy Gunn is dumped out by MJF, and Luchasaurus is dumped out by Wardlow. MJF gets tossed out by Jungle Boy. Wardlow gets eliminated by Orange Cassidy, and Orange Cassidy gets eliminated by Jungle Boy, leading to Jungle Boy being the number one contender for the TNT title. Uh, first defense next week. So next week we will have Cody versus Jungle Boy. And that uh, really could be a fun match going on. And then finally, this was the last segment of the show, the pep rally for the inner circle. And they weren't in the best mood because they lost. They, you know, talked about how things didn't go well talked about their shirts and all that stuff and then they were giving each other presents to cheer them up so like um uh jake hager read a creepy poem sort of a thing um it was really kind of it was really kind of sweet to start off and then he just kind of went uh psycho at the end so it was perfectly within his character i think i would love it if they turned the creepy poem thing into his gimmick but uh, it all started off, though, uh, to note that there are some cheerleaders. I'm assuming Jacksonville cheerleaders, but they weren't really dressed in Jacksonville. I don't know. Uh, and Vicky Guerrero came out dressed like a cheerleader to introduce the inner circle. So they're keeping Vicky Guerrero involved, um, keeping her kind of heelish. So that's cool. Um, like I said, they're giving each other uh, gifts. Sammy Guevara um, said, I got you all uh, uh participation trophies and then he hands them out and none of them you know all of them say like bowling tree or stuff like that and then he says well it's hard to find trophies right now in the middle of the pandemic i thought that was good uh and then jericho said the gift he really wants was mike tyson's head on a platter 
talking about how, you know, 10 years ago, Mike Tyson uh, pissed him off so much. And, and I think it's really funny that they're using a WWE angle from 10 years ago to build into their AEW angle now. Um, Sammy Guevara says, I don't have, I don't have Mike Tyson's head on a platter, but I do have a cheese platter and a bunch of the bubbly. And then they open it up and the cheese platter's gone and all the bubbly's been drank. And then Mike Tyson enters with his entire entourage and they look like they're three sheets into the wind. And, uh, there comes this face off in the middle. Jericho demands an apology for what happened 10 years ago. And then a brawl ensues and the pull apart and schmoz. And that's how it ends for the episode. Uh, so all in all, actually a pretty good episode of AEW Dynamite. I'm, I'm impressed with most of it. I'm going to say personally that the Mike Tyson angle at the end was the down part of it and probably is going to bring down my rating a bit here. Um, but the rest of the show was very entertaining. Um, I may continue to do a little bit less on AEW Dark in the future just because it's so inconsequential to the show right now. Maybe it'll change. There's hints that it might be going to uh, uh, HBO Now, HBO Max, I think is what they're calling it, HBO Max, you know, and becoming something there. There's hints that it's going to be going on to USA, uh, not USA, TNT Network or TBS maybe, something like that. So we'll see if they put it on actual TV or on HBO Max, they're going to start incorporating storylines into it. But right now, it's really just f And as much as I enjoy watching it, frankly, I'd, I'd be better off reviewing BTE every week because at least some of the stuff that happens on there seems to affect this. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy watching AEW Dark. The wrestling on almost always phenomenal. It's just, it doesn't seem to play into it. And I think so much of it is that, that they know that the vast majority of people watching on haven't watched AEW Dark, so they can't put me. But I mean, all told, this was a good good episode wasn't as good as double or nothing double or nothing was a damn near per perfect pay-per-view but this one was up there i mean with the debut of uh ftr with uh jungle boy winning the battle royal leading up to what should be a really good match jungle boy versus cody and quite frankly i we can't rule it out entirely i don't think cody loses his first defense but they're they're obviously very happy with Jungle Boy, and so I could totally see him winning too. So it, that's something that AEW is trying to do and doing a lot better than WWE respects is leaving you with that question, but what if they? So that's that's definitely an up for it there. Um, you also have the just Brian Cage destroying Lee Johnson. Um, Hikaru Shida versus Christy James was a... A good match. Um, I kind of wish it would get gotten a little bit more time and and shown off Sheeta a little bit better, but it's still good. The Britt Baker segment was really good. Uh, Cody Rhodes' promo was phenomenal. Um, you know, Kip Sabian and and, and uh, Jimmy Havoc. They're calling them the Super Bad Death Squad. The SDS uh, defeating SCU. That was awesome. Like I say, the victory earns them a tag title shot next week on Dynamite. So even though they set up a team to get a tag title shot at Fighter Fest, 
they set up someone else to get a tag title shot before then. So who knows who the tag champions are going to be come Fighter Fest. It's going to be interesting. Um, so th- there was there were good things all in all. I think I'm going to give this eight and three quarters citations, right? 8.75 citations. It wasn't quite a nine. It might have been a nine if the Chris Jericho versus Mike Tyson stuff wasn't so meh. Um, but I get it. And here's why I get it. Overnight ratings for the show were phenomenal. Were better than they've had in a long time. They were like pre-pandemic level almost, you know? And so, so it obviously is working. It also has been talked about on Sports Illustrated and ESPN and major news channels. And that's the sort of thing that bringing in a pop culture celebrity does. I think they could have gotten a lot bigger by getting someone who's pop culture now rather than Mike Tyson. Um, And I think it just feels weird to me for them to be referencing a storyline from 10 years ago in a competition promotion. But in the grand scheme of things, it's getting them the publicity that they were hoping to get. And that's all they can really ask. Um, It's so eight and three quarters citations out of ten. If you haven't watched it by now, although because I'm a little bit late with this podcast this week, if you haven't watched it by now, I don't know why you haven't watched it by now. And, you know, we've only got a few more days until the next one. So go go do it. What are you what are you still doing? Listen to me right now. I just gave it all away for you. That's silly. You shouldn't listen to the podcast before you watch it. Wait till after. That's what you do. Anyways, eight and three quarters stars. Um, I'm probably going to watch it again. It was entertaining. There was a lot of fun stuff that happened on it. Um, I also am excited to to watch NXT because I still haven't got a chance to watch all of that. There's so much fun stuff happening on those two shows. It makes up for anything bad that's been happening on the main roster. Um, but this week, just to to address the elephant in the room, this week has been hard to pay much attention to wrestling in general because uh, America's on and and it's really hard to take your eyes off of what's happening in America, but that's part of why wrestling is so important is because it's a great escape where you can, for a short period of time, believe in superheroes and villains and and everything is simple. You know, if you've got a problem with someone, you fight them in the ring and whoever wins, wins the problem and then the problem's over and it goes on. And unfortunately, the real world's not quite like that. So, but a good episode of AEW Dynamite this week I'm hoping that uh, next week is better. Just to know, I'm hoping we can change, but we've got a long road ahead of us. AEW will be there to help us through is the goal. Right. Once again, Snap Judgment, AEW edition. Uh, I am Detective Marks. Marks, we are brought to you by the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So head over to tatnusco.com. Check them out. You can also check out our Wix site. Uh, link will be in the doobly-doo for that. You can check out our Patreon site, patreon.com slash raw and order WBU. Just launched it there. Some great benefits for going to Patreon, uh, signing up as one of our patrons. You get access to these shows with no ads. You get access to um, our Discord server. 
where you'll be able to uh, submit your own crime, submit your own reviews on fantasy bookings. We will be doing monthly Ask Me Anythings on there, monthly uh, pro wrestling classic show crime reports, for lack of a better term. All of that stuff on there, and uh, like I say, through that Discord server, you'll be able to eventually, at certain levels, join our show and report on crimes or fantasy booking right on the air with us so a great way to support your favorite pro wrestling podcast because we are your favorite right um and do all that we also have our merch shop though uh shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order wbu just added a new link is in the doobly-doo shirt design uh this week so you can go there get shirts get uh face masks they have them there now um you can get a little bit of everything there so head on over there and and hopefully you see something you like there but thank you all for listening we will see you soon with the nxt review and going on from there thanks a lot